Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine here. So I have a funny story for you. I don't know if you've listened to any of my episodes where I advise to, you know, go for a quick little workout or a quick walk before you, um, you know, have a meeting or um, just do anything or for self-care. So today I knew that I was going to be recording this intro and finishing up this podcast episode. So I went for a walk. It was, I don't know, a 20 minute, 20, 25 minute walk outside and Apparently it's allergy season and when I got back, my asthma was all acting up and I'm like, I can't record a podcast intro like this. So my self-care tip has a little bit backfired, but no worries. It's just mild asthma. I'm, I am fine. Do not worry about me. We took a little puff, puff, puff of the, you know what? The inhaler, of course. And here we are. So this week I'm really excited to have you listen in on this conversation with our guest, Natalia Petticoat. I'm sorry, Petticourt. She is a fellow Southern California social worker and we connected um, via online. I saw that she was doing some presentation and when we had met for the intro, you know, podcast discussion to see if it'd be a good fit or not, she mentioned this topic and I was completely intrigued with the concept of networking for a higher salary because I'm thinking like what you can do that how does this work please we must learn more and I know you want to learn more too because let's be real it's easy to find those social work jobs out there that pay you pennies for your hard-earned degree for your hard-earned knowledge and skills so anytime that we can add something to our toolbox, to our professional toolbox, to make more money, more income, have more freedom, I am all here for it. And I know you are too. So Natalia Petticoat, she has Petticourt. Oh my gosh. Natalia Petticourt, you'll never forget her name now, <laughs> has presented to various audiences from students to senior administration and stakeholders with energetic, insightful information about identity, evidence-based practices, and career development. Currently, she is developing and regularly develops and executes and evaluates career development workshops for students and alumni at San Diego State University. She's passionate about providing all social workers the tools and resources to be successful as you advance in your career. So we are going to listen in on this conversation right after this short ad by one of our sponsors, The Rise Directory. 
This episode is proudly brought to you by the RISE Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. We are here with Natalia Petty-Court. Did I say that right? Yeah, that was okay. perfect. <laughs> welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here to, to talk all about networking. Yeah, I'm excited to have you because networking is so important. And it's almost like one of those things where you don't really realize how important it is or what it can do for your career until you're actually doing it. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. I, I get that all the time when I work with social work students and I ask them, oh, are you networking? Are you on LinkedIn? Uh, they look at me like, oh, that applies to me too. I didn't realize. So it's, it's a really, really important conversation to have. Yeah. But we're never really taught this. We don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So Let's first start about who are you? <laughs> Tell us about <laughs> who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am a career development and program coordinator at San Diego State University, which essentially means I am a career counselor. So I focus on providing new professionals the tools to successfully navigate their career development. Um, I talk about job search, internship, interviewing, networking, resume, and like most people out there, my own career path was nonlinear. And that's actually something I'm really grateful for because I've been given the opportunity to build a large variety of skills. And I think that that's kind of the important part in the end. I realized that my niche area is helping facilitate conversations um, and trainings about complex topics or ideas and breaking them down into digestible concepts, right? And, and helping people understand their process and their development. And when I realized that in my experiences working in nonprofits, higher education, uh, government policy, I can use that skill set anywhere. Uh, it's not specific to any one industry. Um, and so that is kind of my way that I contribute to solving problems and finding solutions. And uh, as Simon Sinek says, right, passion is an output. So my passion is seeking, um, is seeking out and, and helping new professionals speak to their skill sets and kind of see that light bulb go off, right? Them understanding, oh, okay, I'm connecting, I'm understanding how this applies. And now I feel really confident to talk about myself with others. Yeah. And that's a great point. So what do you say to people when they say, oh my gosh, this applies to me. Like, what do you mm -hmm. say? And, you know, how do you answer that question? How does networking apply to me? How can it help me as a social worker? Right. So oftentimes when people think of networking, they think of it as very transactional. I need something from somebody or they think of, um, you know, very formal conferences where they have those networking times or socials. And, and really what I like to think about is networking is everything, right? Anytime you're, 
having a conversation. If you're a student, you have faculty, staff, administrators that you're working with. If you're a professional, you have your colleagues and your coworkers. Um, it's an opportunity for you to connect, right? As social workers, we are the master connectors, right? We are all about sharing resources. And that applies to our profession as well, right? So when we think about where do I want to go as a social worker, whether that is going for your licensure or being licensed and going to become a supervisor or in a more leadership role, or if you're a macro social worker like myself and you're going into roles where you're maybe not called a social worker and what does that role look like and how can I seek out those opportunities? Well, the best people to talk to are the people who've done it successfully already. And that's why I really love LinkedIn, right? It's, it is the number one you know, networking platform out there, um, but it makes it so easy to find those people, right? You can search by your alma mater, you can search by certain organizations and find people that have similarities to you. And then find out how, to, look at their career path, find out the kinds of titles that they've had in their, in their history to understand maybe what steps you might need to take. And then do that reach out, right? It's as simple as, you know, hi, my name is Natalia Petticourt. I realized from your history in LinkedIn that we've actually worked at a couple of similar places. And now you're doing some really amazing work in public health. I would love to know more about how you made that jump from working in government to then working in the private sector in public health. Can we set up a time to talk? And when I tell students that, they look at me and they're like, wow, like that's all I have to say? And I'm like, yes, you're just extending a conversation, an invitation for a conversation. Um, and the thing is, the worst that could happen is that they say no. That's it. Or they ghost you and they don't respond, which is also a possibility. But the best thing that could happen is that you have a wonderful conversation. You now have another person in your corner advocating and helping you grow as a clinician or as a future professional. And then you have next steps. You understand which uh, trainings might be most helpful, which certifications are seen as most valid in this field. Um, which education route should I take? What do you wish you had known had you done it all over again, right? And what's beautiful about the social work field is that we want to help others. And so we are very compassionate people who are excited to talk to others. When I have people reach out to me who are interested in higher education or interested in career development and they, they wanna know more. It's always such an exciting moment because that's an opportunity to, for me to share resources and for me to connect. Um, and so you never know when you're gonna be that person for somebody else, right? That somebody else is aspiring to do the work that you're doing. And this doesn't just apply to that job search time. It applies to any moment in your career when you want to upskill yourself. So that could look like shadowing a colleague in their role. Uh, that was something that was readily available when I was working in government. They liked for you to kind of explore different options because they want to promote from within. What a great model to keep your employees happy, right? And so just reaching out and connecting because you never know who that person might become to you in the future. They might become a colleague, a supervisor, um, somebody that's going to be working under you. So those connections and understanding that how we all might be able to support one another is that networking piece. And it can be a simple conversation about next steps. It can be about how to break into an industry. It can be about education. It can be about a particular company that you're interested in. Um, but these are just 
ways for you to have next steps, which I think are so important because it can often be very daunting to go online and try to figure out what you're going to do, right? So talking to people who've done it well are the best people for advice. That's kind of the biggest takeaway there for, for networking. Um, they've gone through it and they'll be able to set you up for success. Yeah, definitely. So I hope you're taking notes when Natalia is talking because she dropped some <laughs> serious golden nuggets in there as far as what questions to ask, the exact line that you can use to reach out to a stranger on LinkedIn. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be a complete stranger. You might be following mm -hmm. them for a while. And now you have the exact words that you can use to reach out to them, to start that connection, to have a Zoom date, buy them a cup of coffee, send them a, you know, five, $10 Starbucks card or something. And um, if you feel inclined and if you can, of course, but uh, definitely re-listen to this episode when you're ready to start networking and putting yourself out there. Um, I'm curious though, because we mentioned, you know, worst possible case is mm -hmm. like nothing happens, right? They say right. no, or, you know, nothing lost. Uh, have you found that people are generally open to having people reach out to them and have these conversations? Yes. So I talk to employers all the time in my job, and that's the number one thing. They say, we love to talk to new professionals in particular, right? And I think even if you're an established professional, then you hold more clout, right? You have more to offer. And I think that, I mean, that equally applies to you as well. But for new professionals, for, for people who are new to the field or switching careers, um, they're so excited to provide support. Um, because in reality, in the social work field, I have never found that it's a particularly like cutthroat competitive sector. Um, and whenever I have people reach out to me, there might be times where I'm extremely busy and I will let them know, you know, I'd love to set up a time to chat right now. It's it's a hectic time. Can you follow up with me in a month? And then we can set up a time. And then I forget about it, right? But then one month later, that person reached out again and said, you know, I'm following up from last month. I would love to connect with you. And, and I'm like, oh, like, yes, they were diligent. They did the follow through. They were professional. They were always courteous about my time. And that ended up being such a wonderful relationship because I ended up being a guest speaker in their group. They just created a new company and supporting young professionals in career development and professional development and really merging those two ideas together, which is very much in line with what I, what I talk about. And so it ended up being such an amazing opportunity. And I will 100% of the time refer great people who have had great conversations with to opportunities that I hear about. Um, and that's, you know, the ideal scenario is that there was no ask involved. There was no, can you get me a job? Can I get an internship? I need this from you. It's let's have a conversation. They give me a great first impression. We have, you know, further conversations. And then when I hear about things, I'm like, oh, I know a perfect person for that. Right. Um, but at minimum, let's say you have a great conversation and you're like, okay, that was great. But now I'm realizing that actually my areas are maybe a little bit different. Or maybe this wasn't the best person to reach out to because of um, either our values are slightly different or our trajectories are slightly different. And then you finish that conversation and say, you know, I'm so thankful for you uh, taking the time to chat with me about your career field. Is there anybody else that you know that you think I should connect with um, as a next step? Then you have that you know, soft handoff 
to where you're no longer a stranger getting connected to somebody else. It's like, oh, you know, Catherine referred me to chat with you to learn more about X, Y, and Z. Um, let me know if you have some time to chat in the next few weeks. And just really being diligent and doing that follow through because with LinkedIn, everybody is there, right? You can talk to a CEO, you can talk to a leader of a, of a new startup. Um, of course, their availability will look diff different, right? And their, you know, their scheduling might be a little bit more uh, packed. But if you are doing this intentional, authentic reach out, it's noticeable. Not a lot of people are doing this in the social work field um, and in the kind of social services sector. And so when you start doing that, it's, it's, it makes a, a really big impression. Um, so that's, that's important. I think when we talk to others, we start learning about the things that we need to pay attention to, which jobs are we qualified for, which salaries are actually competitive? Because as you begin talking to people, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that in the tech, you know, ed tech, this is really the salary range I'm going to be looking at. You know, I, I feel like we all have kind of a story of a friend of a friend who went into a job interview and they had a, a salary negotiation and they ended up um, offering way more than they were expecting, right? Um, or the opposite, where they may have suggested a way higher salary than that company was even remotely close to. And that's how that networking can kind of solve that problem is if you're talking to people in the field and understanding what does this range look like? How do you understand kind of that transparency piece? Um, then you're setting yourself up to really come with some hard data about what does the market rate look like? How can I negotiate different aspects of this role? Um, when you come recommended, that's also another indicator of long-term success, right? So I do, I have been a part of a lot of different hiring committees. Um, and when people come recommended by name by somebody I know, that holds a different weight. Because then I understand that somebody else is tacking their name onto you as an applicant. And they're saying that you're worth having a conversation with. You're, you have um, skill sets that are going to be valuable in providing support to our team. Um, that also goes a long way in that negotiation piece, right? Later on, whatever that negotiation looks like. So, so yeah, this, the, the networking is not only for information. It's not only for connecting to future opportunities. It's also providing really vital information on how you take next steps, um, and getting diverse voices, right? Getting diverse opinions about that, because you might get one opinion about one kind of trajectory that doesn't necessarily have to be the only option for you. Yeah, that's a lot of really great information. And you literally just told our listeners how to network for a higher salary. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you're enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to this ad from our sponsor. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning 
in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses, including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. <laughs> so we're gonna be connecting with people who are in those roles that we want to do. When we do land that interview, we are ready and prepared with, you know, what does that role look like? How do my skill sets fit into that role? Uh, what does the salary look like? What does the competitive salary look like? What should I be asking for myself? So that is powerful. That could get you tens of thousands of dollars right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's happened. I've had I've had students, you know, finishing up their master's degree and they're like, oh, I got a job offer. I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, okay, let's unpack it. And they tell me, okay, this is what they offer. It's maybe not in an area that they want to work in. It's not with the population they want to work with, but they feel compelled to accept any job, right? And there are circumstances, of course, financially where you might need to take any job. I don't want to negate that at all. But when talking with this student, you know, I asked them, could you live off of that salary? I don't know. And I said, well, you need to know exactly what your budget is, your personal budget, to know if you could even accept that. If you cannot live off of that salary, you cannot accept that, that offer. And that's as simple as it is, right? It's, it's not, is that high enough or low enough? It's, could you live off of that salary? If the answer is no, then you're going to have to walk away if they're not willing to negotiate that, that price, right? Um, and the same goes for the, the hiring practices right now have changed so much in the last few years, right? Um, gaps in your work uh, history are not as big deal anymore. Changing jobs every few years due to promotions or changing fields or industries or uh, sectors, that's seen as a benefit, that's seen as value added. You have diverse skills, you're flexible, you're adaptable. Um, and the same goes for salary, right? Salary transparency is something that I'm, a huge advocate for, because I think it only sets you up to make sure that you are making informed choices. I'm all about informed research choices, not fear-based choices. And so when you have these conversations or when you use resources like Transparent California, for example, if you're in the state of California, if you're a public uh, employee, your salary is posted and your whole benefits package. You can search people and you can search positions to find out in the public sector, what is this what is the going rate, right? Or salary.com, where you can actually input your education level, your years of experience. You can enter how many people you've reported to or how many people have reported to you. And then it actually tells you by your location and the title, how you as an individual compare to the market average. You know, And so using multiple points of data and using information that you know from people that you've talked to are gonna help you make that informed choice in that conversation and knowing that from that first conversation, because you never know when they might bring up salary, right? You never Definitely. know when they might have that. <laughs> they want to breach that topic. Definitely. Awesome. So we have 
I feel like we've done a really good job of discussing the importance and why we want to be networking. So what are, what are the different types of networking? I know we mentioned LinkedIn and how to approach mm-hmm. people on there. What other different types of networking could we be looking into? Mm-hmm. So I think what, I don't know, it's kind of seen as like the original way of networking, but like that human experience, right? So when you have colleagues, right, or people that you're connected with or a family friend, you know, I've, I've heard of people like, oh, my, you know, my uncle or my aunt does this, but you know, they're a family member. doesn't matter. That's still somebody that you can learn from and connect from. Um, same with engaging with previous faculty that you've worked with, people that you've done, you know, collaboration projects with. Um, connecting that way is also really, really important. And if you think about it in, in social work, right, we're constantly around other services. We're constantly around other resources. And so you might be working with another nonprofit in your area to provide services for a certain population. And then because you've established that really great relationship, they're trying to recruit you to bring you in on a new role for them, right? To kind of expand your skill set. Um, and that's kind of how you can kind of grow and build in that way, right? Um, and I still, I still think attending conferences and, and certifications and trainings is also another really great way. Then you're put in a room with people that you probably wouldn't otherwise be around. Um, I know that it can be difficult if you're new to networking to go to those networking events, right? Before, right? Those networking breakouts or socials or ice cream socials. Um, but challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to reach, uh, to reach out, connect, and, and practice talking about yourself. Because that's a big thing, too, is... How can I articulate my skill set, my interests, what I hope to be doing in the next few years? And what, and the kind of the big question that I love thinking about is what problem do I want to solve or be part of a solution for? Right? What is that? What does that look like? That's a lot more profound than what can I do with my degree or what is the job title? It's what what do I want to be part of a solution for? And that can be anything. That could be prevention. That can be um doing the reactive work. It can be doing policy. It can be doing therapy. Um, but you get to you get to decide what that is. And when you're able to share that and share your lens and share your, your history, your identities, that's all something that's unique to you that nobody else can have. And that's what you have to offer in conversations. Whether, I mean, I've, I've been on airplanes, honestly. I've been on airplanes and I sit next to a young professional and we strike up a conversation and we're doing a whole networking 101 or we're talking about selecting the right career path for you so that you are utilizing your strengths. So definitely, you know, there's the online presence, right? Social media, whether that's LinkedIn or Facebook or podcasts or, you know, uh, Instagram, TikTok, all of those are ways for you to connect and find other content that will help you expand your skills. Um, and then there's, you know, the quote unquote old fashioned way, right? Where it's, you're talking with people, you're meeting people all the time, every single day. If you ask, um, more questions, right. The, just the simple act of being curious, um, and being interested in others versus being worried about if you're interesting, um, is a great way to start up a conversation and come from that kind of humble approach that makes other people want to talk to you. They want to learn more because you're so curious about what they're doing and how you've set up your company or your program or um, the work that you're doing. That's really good. I'm over here scribbling down notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So, okay, here's a question that sounds kind of shallow, but very important. Mm -hmm. What do we wear when we're going to these in-person events? Because a lot of times uh, we are used to going to school and going to class and dressing Mm -hmm. casual. And then when we try to put on business attire, it just feels too formal or maybe Mm -hmm. we're just not used to it. But, you know, what kind of tips do you have for what we should wear? Yeah. So this idea of like professional attire, professionalism when it comes to how you show up in a space is a, it's a hard thing to define really clearly, right? I think historically it's been defined by a very particular set of people. Um, And so the way I like to define it is intentional effort, right? Have you done your research and what that company does, right? And how they show up, how do their, you know, their employees show up? How do, what is their dress code? Um, And I always try to match or go a little bit above just to make sure that I'm showing that extra effort that I came ready, I came prepared. Now, for most of us in social services and the social sector, business casual is is absolutely appropriate, right? Wearing, you know, a full-on suit is probably not going to be necessary unless you're going into like a very formal corporate, you know, sector or maybe law or finance, because again, social workers can be hired anywhere. So you really do want to match what they are highlighting from their posts, their website, and the things that they, um, how they are, you know, present themselves in emails, right? There's always like that. I feel like it's a, not a running joke, but you know, it, people chuckle about how startups, like you could wear sweatshirt and flip-flops and, you know, and yes, I mean, if that's how uh, they do what they wear day to day, great. That's your day to day, but for an interview or for, if you're going to go get lunch for an informational chat, um, I always, you know, try to dress it up just a little bit more uh, to show that effort, right? Um, when we think about what your day-to-day job looks like, so let's say maybe you're going to go do, um, you're going to have a role in like outdoor education, right? So you're going to be at a summer camp or you're going to be outdoors. Yeah, your day-to-day is a t-shirt and shorts, but at the interview, you're going to need to be dressed up a little bit more, but probably a lot more casual than if you were in an office setting. Um, you know, I think the old adage still kind of applies where it's like, you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Um, and so I, I think showing effort, not necessarily flashiness, but showing effort and attention to, you know, cleanliness and care and intention, uh, is kind of really the best way that I can describe it because we do also want to be mindful of the populations that we serve, right? Dressing very fancy or, um, with particular brands or, or things like that can also be a little bit um, insensitive to certain groups that we're working with, right? And so just being mindful of that, or if you're working with kids, right? It might be difficult to wear, you know, um, a suit dress, dress right? Yeah. Or a skirt, <laughs> like that's going to be hard or wearing a lot of jewelry. If there's, you know, infants, they're going to, you know, so being mindful of all those things while also leaving space for your authenticity, right? Uh, I think that's another, I get that question a lot is I have tattoos or I have a facial piercing or I have my hair is, you know, dyed a certain color. And I am all about being your authentic self. Um, If there are particular dress codes for certain reasons at a company that you might have to take out piercings or wear your hair up for safety or cover certain areas, then, you know, that's something that you're going to have to decide if you're willing 
to conform to, right? Because at the end of the day, you're making that choice. Um, but more often than not, right, I have found, right, in the last few years, employers are recognizing that, you know what, we just need you to do the job. <laughs> we know you have the skills. The fact that you have a nose piercing or a tattoo doesn't change that. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of erring on the side of being a little bit more conservative so that you can test out the waters first, see how they present themselves, and then kind of adjust accordingly that way. Yeah. And I think feeling confident in what you're wearing mm-hmm. too is going to speak volumes without you ever having to say a word, because if you're messing with your outfit or feeling mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. um, self-conscious, then that is going to impact how you're able to have the conversations. Um, I remember I went to a networking event recently and it was with a lot of healthcare leaders mm-hmm. and I walked in and everyone's older than me by like, you know, 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And they look so uh, just professional and (laughs) just all put together. And I had to go in the bathroom. I was like, okay, Catherine, you got this. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. You have confidence. We are meant to be here. (laughs) Yes. I had to give myself a a pep talk. And then uh, I had to really pay attention to my body language and put Mm. my shoulders back, put my head up and just go. And when, even if you have to fake it till you make it, if you can just have that confidence and say, hi, my name is, you know, so-and-so what's your name? What do you do? And Mm. just open up that conversation. And like you said, be more interested in others than you are worried about if you're interesting. Yes. I feel like that's such an easy, like reminder and helpful reminder, right? Because we can't control what other people think of us. What we can is dazzle them, right? With our curiosity and be interested in what they have to say. And, I, and I, it's so true. You don't want to be uncomfortable, right? For me personally, when I, I have one like casual business, casual suit that is it's basically for interviews, right? But it's like my power suit. That's my Wonder Woman suit where I'm like, all right, this is, I mean business. I'm going to go into this interview. And this still applies for when you're doing interviews virtually. Psychologically, if you get dressed up head to toe, right? We don't want those Zoom disasters where you have to get up in the middle and you're wearing pajama bottoms, right? But I think when you when you are showing to yourself that you care a lot about these opportunities and that you're wanting to engage in a way that's going to support your goals, that's, that's where you're gonna build that confidence. Right. It's not asking you to change completely who you are. Absolutely not. Um, and that's another consideration that if you don't want to be wearing a full log suit every day, or um, you know, they might have certain strict rules or guidelines, then that might not be the best fit for you. Um, and you might need to find other kind of similar sectors that are going to be a little bit more relaxed as well. Um, because yes, we do want you to feel comfortable. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um you don't have to have the latest thing. It just needs to fit, be clean and without wrinkles and you're good to go. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. We covered a lot of really great tips. Uh, one, we need to make sure we have our LinkedIn profile. We need to be looking at the different types of people and professionals that we may want to get to know or different career paths that we may want to learn more about. Uh, reach out to them you know, just reach out to them, strike up a conversation, see if you can have a meeting with them, just see if it's some, their type of job is something that you would be interested in. 
go to different types of events. You don't even have to stick with social work specific events. Mm -hmm. Go to all sorts of different types of events because right now, if you are a mental health professional, you are in extremely high demand. So <laughs> yes, don't be don't be shy. Go to those city events, go to those chamber of commerce events, you know, start networking with people in your community and even maybe get to know people who you're already working with and colleagues or community partners. Uh, classmates are a really good way of building up your connection if you're still in school because all 50, 100, whatever of those classmates are all going to go on to have jobs. And there you go. You have an instant mm -hmm. network right there. Um, and then, you know, the last big tip that I will remember is just be more interested in others instead of worrying if you are interesting enough. So whew, that is a lot. Oh, and talk <laughs> about salary. <laughs> yes. And salary. Yes. Talk about salary and the expectations that, uh, that certain jobs and companies have. So that is a lot of really great information, Natalia. Anything that we miss that you feel is important for people to know? Something else um, that I also, I just want to briefly mention is when you're connecting with others, right? Ask those questions, like, where are you networking? Where are you connecting? I just spoke to, uh, they're actually a mental health recruiter and they are in an LPCC, which is so fascinating, right? There are now recruiters in healthcare that are mental health clinicians, right? And, and social workers and licensed clinicians. And she's like, oh, you know what? I want to introduce you to this Slack group that are, that is therapists and tech. And I was like, that's fascinating. And they have job boards and they have discussion groups on different, like different jargon that they use in tech. And I'm like, what an amazing way that I've been now connected to a whole other subset of people who are doing amazing work in a very different industry in a very different pace. Um, mentorship, right? Being involved in mentorship programs, you end up, I mean, I've, I'm mentoring these students and I'm excited for the days that they're going to be the CEOs and they're going to be the founders of really amazing opportunities and, and I'll be able to connect with them in the future. So um, reach out, do it on a regular basis, and you'll start to notice a difference in how you talk about your skills, how you begin dr drawing traffic to your profile on LinkedIn, which is always a good thing, and um, how many people might you know, start referring you for opportunities as well. Definitely. Definitely. It takes courage. I will mm -hmm. tell you even, I, you know, I got nervous last week, so <laughs> it takes courage, um, especially if you're an introvert, but I have faith in you. You can do it. It is worth it. You can definitely network for a higher salary and for more opportunity and who knows where these networks will lead you. So definitely take advantage Thank you so much, Natalia. I really, really appreciate your time. Where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, so the best place to find me would be on LinkedIn. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So yeah, feel free to connect with me. If you are going to connect, practice what we just talked about, right? Send me a, a note. Be authentic when you reach out. Um, I also have my, my email in my LinkedIn, but I'm happy to chat more um, for all of you eager to start this networking process. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please open up your iTunes, tap the five stars, and leave a short note on 
why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.